Aloha from Travel News Group with another Livestream.Travel podcast. Today, you will meet the leading team from the Seychelles Tourism Board, including the Minister of Tourism, the CEO of the Seychelles Tourism Board, and the head of the Hotel Association, discussing the reopening of the Seychelles Islands to travel and tourism. It will start right after this message. Well, let now officially, um, good morning and aloha, as we say here in Hawaii. Uh, welcome everyone to our uh, Rebuilding.Travel session this morning. We're very happy to have a, a, a one, some wonderful guests, uh, good friends, uh, from what I call our sister island, uh, the Seychelles. Uh, the Seychelles and Hawaii, we should really um, somehow work together in a lot of ways. Uh, you can see I put my beach picture in the back. That was my home actually for 25 years, but I'm now unfortunately living in the city in Honolulu, so it's not all that beautiful anymore in, in the background. But if you see the beaches, I think it pretty much reminds me of my time I spent in the Seychelles. And uh, so we're very happy to have all of you here. It is now nine in the evening here in Hawaii. It's 11 in the morning in Seychelles in the Indian Ocean. And we have people joining us, I see, from all over. Uh, we got Alexandra from Montenegro. She represents uh, Rebuilding.Travel there. We have uh, Dr. Taleb Rifai, very familiar, our co-host in many events, um, uh, joining us from Amman in Jordan. And um, I see people uh, from all over the place. And we keep this interactive. Um, so I think we should um, give the Seychelles um, the lead here, maybe just a few words from Taleb uh, when we start. And um, then um, after this, anyone is able to ask questions, make comments, and so forth. Uh, we're usually setting about an hour for this. Uh, if we finish earlier or later, we're, we're always flexible a little bit. No one is pushing us. And if you need to leave, um, feel free to do so. If you need to come back, you can do this as well. And we will be sending everyone who registered a copy of this. And actually, we're going to um, do a podcast now also. And this will all be also on our new website, livestream.travel. You find a lot of podcasts, a lot of information on livestream.travel that, that, that started. But obviously, rebuilding.travel will be the center. And um, without uh, further ado, maybe um, I would like to give the uh, microphone and start out uh, with Dr. Taleb Riffa before I introduce our guests uh, from the Seychelles. Good morning, Taleb. Good morning, Jürgen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Minister. Good morning, Shirin. Good morning, everybody. I'm very happy to be here with you today. I've visited Seychelles three times in my lifetime. I don't think anybody should go about his life without visiting Seychelles at least once in a lifetime. Everybody in this world should do this. I completely believe in this. Seychelles is a wonderful country not just because of the beautiful sceneries, because of the people of Seychelles. Any place you go, it's the people that matter. Any country in the world can say we have the most beautiful beaches, the most beautiful mountains, the most beautiful places. But nobody can say they have the people that Seychelles has. That's for sure. So, having said this, I'm very, very also keen on hearing from the minister and from Shireen what you're doing with this corona era. This corona thing is a, is a very, very serious matter in our lives. Life will not be the same after Corona. We are changing dramatically. But this change is for the better, I hope. I know it is for the better. 
Seychelles has many advantages. Seychelles is located as an island in the east of Africa. And it's a strategic location to receive so many people. Direct flights to Seychelles are plenty and generous. But what we need to hear from you, what have you done to receive people? I would first encourage you to start receiving people from continental Africa. I think that's the best way to start because there are three stages I believe for any recovery to take place. One is to keep the facilities open and alive. You have to support the hotels, support tour operators, support the airlines. Secondly, you have to concentrate on region and domestic tourism. Domestic is a bit difficult situation because of the small number of population, but regional tourism is a must to Seychelles. I don't think any African should go anywhere or going to Seychelles first. Then you go to the international tourism. And international tourism is much more complicated nowadays. So you have to deal with each country individually, separately. There are no international rules for this anymore. Each country is on its own now. That's what I wanted to say. Thank you once again, Jorgen, and I'm looking forward to hear the minister and to hear Shireen speak about what they're doing in seashells. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, very much, Talib. And uh, before um, introduce minute. real quick, um, I, I received yes. a message from our good friend, uh, everyone knows here, um, Alain Sangdan. She is also from the Seychelles and he wanted to join us, but unfortunately he is on the, uh, the television network because he's running for president in your country. So that is really exciting. That's right. Uh, That's and, right. Uh, <laughs> he's a good is man also and a good friend. Good friend and a good man. And um, he's uh, been, he's the president also of the African Tourism Board. Um, where I'm also an executive member of, and Alain um, and many of us go back a long time, so we wish him well. And but without further ado, I like to introduce the Honorable Minister Didier Dogley. He's uh, joining us uh, from uh, from Victoria in the Seychelles, and uh, with him is um, the uh, is Shireen Francis. Shireen is the CEO of the uh, Seychelles Tourism Board, and she will introduce her team. Uh, online also later. But um, Honorable Minister, let me give you the microphone and thank you for joining us. We're really happy to have you um, here with us this morning. You, uh, you need to unmute, you, please, uh, unmute yourself, please. And uh, you're still muted, Minister. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me now? We can hear you loud and clear. Yes. All right. Thank you very much, Jürgen. And thank you for inviting us to be on the panel this morning. I would like, first of all, to welcome all the panelists and also everybody who is listening and others who will join us um, eventually on, the, um, on this program. Um, Seychelles has been um, very lucky up until now. We've done extremely well as far as the number of cases of, um, of infection um, as far as COVID-19 is concerned, and that has enabled us um, to keep on operating apart from six weeks where we had to close down the country. Um, that was at the beginning in March when we had about 11 cases of COVID-19 in the country. But since then, we've been able to manage um, the situation very well. And most people have been able to go around about their businesses as, as if there was no COVID. And uh, in particular, um, in some cases, people say that we've been so um, successful in managing the situation that today people are becoming complacent and um, 
And since the 1st of June, we reopened our airport um, to um, private flights and um, also to chartered flights. And we've had until the end of July about um, 30 private um, flights that came in and mostly um, clients that were going to small islands, um, resort islands where they could spend the time there without any problem, without mingling with the population. And that helped a little bit. And, um, and then on the 1st of August, as you know, we've opened the Seychelles to commercial flights. And until now, we've had about 1,500 guests that has arrived in Seychelles. And we're mostly served by Emirates and Etihad is coming and others. And um, so far, um, it seems that everything is, is going well. We've put a number of measures into place and we need to monitor those and make sure that everybody is doing what they're supposed to do so that we, um, we really make this work and then we can all you know, enjoy the benefits of what we've been doing. So we'll be very happy to share our experience with all our brothers and sisters in the region um, and elsewhere, especially islands, because uh, even when I was in environment, I remember we used to work a lot with um, Hawaii and the GLISPA, the Global Island Partnership. And um, so for me, sharing and partnering with other island states is, is excellent because um, um, as far as COVID is concerned, is that taught us that we need to work together and we need to share experiences and knowledge um, as we go along so that we, um, we can identify the bright, the bright spots and also how can we overcome these challenges that COVID put in our way. So I'll, I'd like to stop here and then um, would like then to share other, other measures that we put in place and how we're doing. Um, together with Shirin and Seville, of course. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Minister. And um, I'm, I have to say I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that Seychelles was able to uh, really uh, keep the virus under control. And please do anything you can do um, to keep it like this. As I mentioned to you earlier, uh, we're in Hawaii, where we're in a similar situation. Our virus was completely under control. Now it's out of control. So this is an evil situation for many parts in the world and um, we all need to um, stick together, share knowledge and, and see how we can move forward facing this situation and dealing with this situation because we also all want our economy to, be, to prosper and not to collapse. So it's, um, I think the Seychelles is really leading here in the world, um, um, being an island nation um, and also dependent on tourism. Shireen, um, welcome on board. Um, it's so nice to see you. And, uh, uh, but I'm sure you can tell us a lot more how everything is it's in my favorite country in the Indian Ocean. Um, uh, thank you, Dragon. A very good morning to everybody. Um, I'd like to start by introducing um, other guests from Seychelles on the platform today. We have uh, Mrs. Sibyl Cardo, who's present with us. She's the chairperson of the uh, Seychelles Hospitality and Tourism Association. And Sibyl has been very key in working with uh, um, her and, and her uh, team 
um, and the association has been very keen working um, side by side with the government uh, in uh, um, reopening the destination um, to to the world, to visitors, and uh, um, the input of the private sector has been very, very key in that whole journey, in that process. And uh, we, I also have uh, Mr. David Jeme, who's a regional director for at the STB. Um, uh, he takes care of uh, the Africa continent and the Americas um, as well. Welcome, Mr. Jeme. Um, so from our side, from just to take on from, from what uh, minister have, uh, the brief explanation minister has given, um, for Seychelles, it was, it was very clear from the beginning, we, we really wanted to promote um, the idea of safe travel and safety, safety and uh, safe tourism. Um, and uh, I have uh, on uh, several platform been advocating that for other destinations as well. Um, the reason is um, talking about building confidence for visitors. It was very, um, every report we were reading, every research we were doing, one thing which came out very clear in everything was the fact that uh, um, the number one priority for anybody who would wish to go on holiday right now um, would be their health and safety. So um, safety was like the number one prerequisite for travel. And we realized it was one hurdle that we needed to get over if we wanted to reopen, restart tourism for us. And, and this is where um, uh, all of our, everything we've worked on as a country, we've tried to build on the safety aspect because we believe if we manage to get this one right, I know no procedures is without risk. There would always be the element of risk. Um, but if we get this one right, we can then build others on there. And this is why for us, uh, testing before travel was, um, it was uh, not something that uh, we could uh, negotiate. It was um, important that somebody feels safe traveling and feel that their neighbor sitting next to them on the plane also um, is, is healthy as well. And it's something that I would like that other destinations take on, airlines take on as well as a, as a measure to rebuild the confidence among um, travelers. And for us, the safety filter, the first one is, of course, um, knowing uh, your, your health status before you arrive in Seychelles. So this is where uh, we're asking 72 priors to travel a negative PCR test. And of course, once you reach um, um, Seychelles International Airport, there's um, other screenings which takes place at the airport. Um, we emphasize that visitors um, also stay in what we call the safe tourism certified um, establishments. To date, about one third of our um, establishments have been certified and a lot of them are in the procedure to get certified and to use also authorized and certified um, services while um, the visitors are in Seychelles. What we also have, um, the Department of Public Health have worked on is also um, what we call the permitted list of countries. And as and when other countries um, shows signs of improvements in terms of uh, managing the 
managing the, um, the, the infection, the infection rate, um, new infection in their country. Um, they are transparent with testing methods and data, um, crucial data. Then um, the country takes consideration to add these countries also on, on what we call the permitted list of countries. And like the minister said, we opened uh, um, our borders to um, commercial scheduled flight as of 1st of August. And uh, um, so far, um, uh, the, the things are, have been running smoothly, a few things here and there that we are working on. Um, like I said, the element of risk will always be there, but um, the whole procedure is to try and minimize it as, as much um, as possible. And if I should say one more thing, um, Seychelles, um, uh, we've tried also to play on where we know our strengths are. We know we're an isolated um, destination and, and for once the isolation, being isolate, isolated as a destination plays, uh, it's a strong, it's a strength. Normally we would say that as a weakness because then it means we are so far from everywhere um, and people have to travel far to come visit us. But for, for once the being isolated um, has been a strength for us. And the fact that we're not into mass tourism, we are very niche, um, also um, plays as a strength, uh, a strength for us. So, um, and, and we believe there is definitely um, we have set the, the, the foundation now, hopefully for us to, to build on. But of course, we learn as we go, we improve as we go, and we are ready to learn also from what others are doing as well. Uh, thank you, Shireen, and you're absolutely right. Um, Seychelles is, is a remote destination. You don't have high-rise buildings, not even like we're here in Honolulu, where we have almost a million people on this island. Um, how many people you have in the Seychelles altogether? Um, our population um, is somewhere around 90,000, so we're not even 100,000 people. Wow. As a, as a so if, if, you, if you put this together, I, I, I think um, you can be fairly safe and, and have your social distance everywhere you go in the Seychelles. And that, I think that's what makes this country it's so attractive. So to achieve that, believe me. <laughs> and this is what we are telling our, our visitors in terms of, uh, like, for example, the beach are already isolated. So it's not, uh, um, you, you, we won't need to even try so hard to tell them, you know, while on the beach, you need to keep so social distance because that would be achieved naturally uh, when you're, you're in Seychelles. Uh, and, and you have uh, you have island resorts, right? Where people actually stay on an isolated island, and uh, they're just based, they're just on that island. They don't see anyone, right? Yes, it's true. We do have uh, a lot of our resorts. Uh, the majority of our rooms actually are on Mahi, Pral, and Ladig, but we have a handful of islands where it's one island, one resort, and most of the resort, if not all of the resort on the islands are boutique style, so it's villa style, and of course a visitor, when um, they go on these islands, they have their total privacy, total seclusion, and uh, automatically they are removed from the population and even from other visitors on the island. There are so few of them on the island in any case. But there are islands, the like of North Island, where if you go there, you don't want to see a soul while you're on the island. You can, you can totally have that as well. It's, it's possible. 
and yeah. and I, I I can see this from my own history in the Seychelles. You know, I've been to your country a number of times, and the first time I was there, I stayed on an I forgot the name of the island, but it was all about birds. And really, the only thing I saw is birds. And I saw Alain. I was there with Alain. He, I think he was managing the resort. This was many, many years ago. And I, I never forget this. So if you really want to get away from uh, from everything, uh, Seychelles seems to be a safe, uh, fairly safe destination. Also from airlines arriving in Seychelles, these are all airlines that actually went more than the extra mile um, to make uh, this flying experience um, uh, different than many other airlines. But Talib is raising his hand and anyone else who wanted to jump in here and say something or ask questions, just uh, click on the, the blue hand button. Uh, when you yes. uh, click on- We join in, we have another guest, Sibyl. Oh, perfect. Um, Yes, we'll allow Sibyl also to say a few words in terms of uh, um, the work she's been doing as well together with the, with the Seychelles uh, team in, in the government, on the government side in terms of reopening the destination. Perfect. Yeah, we want this really interactive, We're looking forward to it. But let's go to Taleb real quick. Uh, he raised the hand a little bit earlier. Taleb. It's okay. Sibyl can speak. It. That's better. Okay. It's okay. Go ahead, Sibyl. Okay. Sibel, welcome. Hey, good morning, everyone. And good evening for some. <laughs> um, thank you for inviting um, the, the association to be part of uh, the, uh, this, um, of this morning. Um, yes, the hotel association has been very uh, active because as you may, might understand from one day to the other, the whole country was closed and everything. And so it was a bit of a shock for everybody. But I think together with the government, we have been able, respecting also the population, is to reopen the country and the hotel slowly, slowly to welcoming clients again. And um, the, the Ministry of Tourism, um, together with his team, has put very strict rules for us to be able to reopen. And I think it's a very good sign, even though at the beginning everybody was wondering this and that. Now, when we welcome, client, we welcome clients in our properties, we are confident that it's going to be safe for our, um, our staff and also for the guests to be within Seychelles. And that, I think, is a key element for any tourist coming to Seychelles to feel safe. And so this has been achieved together, the private sector and the public sector and the, the government. So I'm quite happy about that. We are looking see tourists back in Seychelles very slowly and this is a bit of a, a worry for all of us but as Shereen said it's good to see that um, we are looked at as a safe destination. And, 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 and that's important and, and Shereen um, thank you also for the explanation. I you know I've, I've said it publicly a number of times and I have been um, quite struggled with anyone using the word safe um, for anything these days uh, but you explained it very well you can be as safe as you can be and and the Seychelles is probably if you have a measure from one to ten uh, you probably are out there you know uh, at nine or something but uh, it's it's in this world you cannot be a hundred percent safe and the Seychelles is honest about it and I really appreciate this um, Shireen for explaining this. But Talib, uh, you had something to say. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you so much, Urban. Thank you, Minister. Thank you, Shireen and Sibel. 
I think this was a very good introduction. I have two questions here. Number one has to do with isolation. I believe that isolation is an advantage now, but how do we deal with the conflict of, I have a principal problem, all of the isolating visitors from the people, because the people would not benefit as much from the, from the tourists if you isolate them too much. So how do you deal with that conflict? I mean, all-inclusive all resorts are good for now, but they're not good for the long term because people don't see these tourists and tourists are treated as if they're coming from another planet. They're treated in a very isolated, very special way. Now, what, what I'm interested in is, have you kept in mind how to integrate, how to make tourists spend more money in the community after the isolation period? That's my first question. My second one is, I'm very happy to see that you're concentrating on testing. Testing and tracing are by far much more important than vaccines nowadays. Because testing is the only way you can find out where you stand. So could you just give me an idea, how are you testing and are you tracing also the people after you test them? These are my two questions. Thank you so much. Minister, do you want to take on that one? Yeah, I'll take the first one and maybe elaborate um, further. Um, as far as the isolation is concerned, um, when we started in, um, in June, on the 1st of June, um, our approach was to, like Shirena has, or, uh, has said already, was to use um, the smaller islands that we have, the island resort as a testing ground. Um, we allowed people to come in, irrelevant for where they're coming from, to fly in in private jets without going through the different airports, and then to go on to um, private resorts, which are smaller islands with only um, the staff, no inhabitants. And, um, and we tested that for two months. And we had, as I said, about 30 flights, which are approximately two flights um, a flight every other day um, coming in. Minister, Minister, where did these yeah. people come from mainly? From Europe? Yeah, Europe, mostly European, because that's where the, the money is. Private jets, yes. you know, normally it will be people who can afford it. And, yes. um, and, and that worked relatively well. And, um, and it gave us quite a bit of experience to see how it will work. But definitely we're 100% sure and I agree with you that this is not what will bring the numbers and the volume that we need to kick to kickstart the economy um, but we needed to test the system and know how to make this work so we started with this and then once we've accumulated enough experience over two months and also done a quite a bit of research and also there was um, a number of discuss um, discussions where all the different partners came together. This is one thing also that COVID taught us is that you can't um, solve the issues regarding COVID just by working alone or working in silos. So we brought everybody into the room and, and we work on a number of issues that and I headed a task force um, until- issues regarding COVID just by... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but yep. I cannot, I don't know how to stop this. I can hear you. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so we had to find ways and means for us to be able to, as Shirin has said, minimize the risk from the country of origin. So we've held, the, the public health authority, 
we identified which they identified which countries can come through WHO. These must be countries with lower levels of infection rates, and then um, make sure that they have the P PCR test, which is the golden test, as they say, for COVID-19. And this must be, they must take the test um, at least 72, um, maximum yes. 72 hours before they fly. Yes. And um, by putting these measures into place and making sure that they have insurance and that they have also registered um, or they have booked into certified hotels, then there was no need for us to put them into quarantine. So they could go straight to certified hotels. And within the hotels, we have a number of measures. For example, every morning or every day, the temperature is checked, um, the hotel management, they know that they have to observe the clients, make sure that none of them show any sign of being ill or something like that. Um, and if there's anything, then they can always call in the health professionals so that they can have a look. So none of our clients today are put in, um, in isolation. They go straight to the certified hotels and there are measures or SOP, standard operation procedures that has been put into place into the hotels to make sure that everybody is more or less safe and the tourists are free for them to circulate and use the different facilities and services that exist because all these facilities are also being certified and they also have standard operation procedures to make sure that they keep their staff and the people that they serve safe also. And um, of course, we have a different measures that we has been put into place as far as contact tracing is concerned. But I'll let um, Shirin speak about this uh, because this is a shared responsibility here. So we'll share um, the different tasks. Yes, um, thank, you. Uh, thank you, Minister. Um, Taleb, in terms of contact tracing, um, this is, yes, another very key important uh, element of, uh, of uh, the, the, the safe uh, framework we've worked on. Whereby, um, right now, um, uh, perhaps Sibili, uh, being in the hotels, having seen people practicing it now, would be able to talk more how it's done. But it's being it's being done in um, in in a manual way where each businesses have to ensure they keep the contact of each and every person which visit their place or which are staying in their place. Be it even uh, you're an accommodation, be it um, you're you're in a service provider, you, you still have to keep the contact of every of your visitors. But hopefully by next month, if everything goes well, we will, we will have uh, an app uh, uh, that Seychelles will be launching that would make the, 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 that would make contact tracing much easier once a visitor um, is in Seychelles and that would make record of, of each uh, um, uh, point of contacts of visitors much easier as well. So hopefully by next uh, month, if we are able to digitalize this process, it will be much easier, especially um, uh, getting ourselves ready as and when we receive a little bit more volume. Because of course, right now, the visitors are not coming in um, large amounts and the few coming, it's, it's much easier for you to, to keep those records, but uh, we have to prepare ourselves for if the volume does increase, you need to find to have a, a very seamless way 
for that um, to, to be done. And uh, the nice thing is that, uh, and, and I think Sibyl can talk a little bit more about it, is the cooperation we've received from um, the tourism trade. It, it has been amazing. And uh, once all of them know, understand why we need to do certain things, um, they were all, um, all, most of them, at least the feedback we've received, were quite committed to joining the cause um, because um, tourism is our livelihood in Seychelles and we need, we need, we need it back for, for our own livelihood at the, at the end of the day. And just to touch a little bit on what you said about um, 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 in, in terms of uh, equitable growth, uh, sharing a little bit of the cake and, and inclusive, all-inclusive resort, it's not something that uh, Seychelles we, we have encouraged. We have always believed in, in sharing, um, uh, sharing the wealth around. And uh, at least the procedure we have in place today, um, it allows for our visitors to choose any range of accommodations they want to stay in as long as the accommodation is certified. And uh, the, in the range of uh, accommodation certified today, it ranges from the self-catering to the guest houses to the five-star hotels in the island resorts. So uh, a visitor can totally um, decide to go and stay in a guest house if that is their wish. And, and with the protocol in place, we've also ensured that visitors are able to still visit the destinations because this is what a Seychelles experience is all about. It's not staying into the resort. It's about discovering the islands. So the procedures we've um, put in place have allowed us to be able to allow visitors to use the various services, of course, those which are certified, um, uh, share the wealth around, um, uh, at the same time, keeping um, the population safe and keeping the people safe and keeping themselves safer um, as well. Maybe I'll let Sibyl um, to talk a little bit, uh, especially now that we've had one week of, uh, of practicing the procedures. Yes, thank you, Shireen. Uh, what I would like to say is that all of us that have been certified are doing their utmost to have the, the to follow the protocol, but also for the, the, the guests not to feel in a hospital. So that was very important from the private sector that whoever is coming uh, into the Seychelles don't feel like they're going to a, a big hospital with everybody having right. masks and things like that. So we have succeeded in doing that. So when they come to Seychelles, they feel in a holiday destination, but still doing our utmost to follow up um, on the, the climbs and temperature and whatever has to be done in the protocol. Sibel, can I just follow up on this thing, just one minute? What happens if you find that somebody is having temperature or is infected? Do you have a procedure in place? Yes, we have, um, first of all, the, the clients remain in his room and then we call a number and um, whatever the island could be my Pana or Lajig, and then the, somebody from uh, the health um, authorities come, um, check on the clients and, and do the test so they see if there is uh, he is positive or not, and then there is a procedure that is being followed. There I hope you did not face you did not face anything like this. Did you face anything like this? No, 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 no. Did you not face, yet. Thank, thank no, no, we haven't had anyone. I think good, by having good. put the PCR test 
before arriving in Seychelles has reached is important, yes. Exactly. So we're very yes. lucky uh, with that. Thank you. If, if I can just add to what Sibel is saying, uh, that uh, we are doing the necessary procedures um, as a destination as well to have a, a facility, what we will call a stay safe hotel. Um, it's not up and running, but hopefully very soon if everything goes as planned to have a, a place in case we do have visitors in the even eventuality we do have visitors um, who um, are tested positive, but um, they are asymptomatic because we know most people um, who are actually tested positive, they are asymptomatic um, for their own well-being and for the peace of mind of other visitors in probably the resorts where they would be. Um, we transfer them into this stay safe, stay safe hotel so that they can continue to enjoy their their visit, they can continue to enjoy their holiday in Seychelles, but of course now their movement will be restricted if they are tested positive, but at least they would be in a place which is still um, a hotel, which they can still use the facilities, but of course under um, a little bit more control at the same time. So what we don't want is a visitor tested positive. They are asymptomatic, which means they are not uh, they are not physically sick to be, to be sent into a, a hospital and ruin the rest of their holiday while in Seychelles as well. Uh, what a wonderful system, uh, Shireen. I, I love that idea. We have uh, four people actually raising hands. There's Alexander, there's Dr. Dr. Zarb, Captain Grade, and Ul uh, Ulrich Bieber. So let's start uh, in order uh, with Alexandra. Um, she's joining us from what I understand from Montenegro and she's representing actually rebuilding travel. In, in the Balkan region. Welcome, Alexander. Good morning. Uh, you have to unmute yourself, please. Okay, there we go. Go ahead. Alexander, go ahead. Uh, we cannot hear you. Alexander, it looks like you are no longer muted, but your microphone may be. I heard something. I think there we go. Can you can you say something? Is it better now? Now, now we can hear you. Good morning. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yes, good morning to everybody. Well, I'm here for a couple of reasons. First, being the representative of rebuilding travel for Balkan and friend of Seychelles, great supporter of Seychelles and the honorary consul of Seychelles as well. I lived and worked in Seychelles for a couple of years and I have been appointed uh, as the honorary consuls from, consul from uh, 2012 and I'm very proud of it. So I consider Seychelles as my uh, second home actually. So for all these reasons, I've been following on uh, COVID-19 situations and uh, I'm so happy to see that Seychelles has proved to be very responsible and caring destinations about, first of all, their local citizens and the tourists. So uh, I'm sure they will remain to be safe destinations for, for the rest, you know, until this uh, situation is uh, finished. Because many destinations, as we know, have failed to promote, uh, to do real right promotion and actions uh, 
during the, this pandemic. Uh, I would actually like uh, to stress out a couple of uh, things that I really loved about Seychelles, actually their campaigns that they were doing. Uh, they had the campaign Dream Now and Experience Seychelles Later, uh, which was amazing campaign, first of all, because um, it has started in the very beginning. It started in April when everybody was still under shock and uh, nobody, not many destinations knew what to do and how to handle things and Seychelles did it. And I really want to congratulate to Minister and Shireen and everybody for, for doing great job. So they actually, that was an, an emotional campaign. So they, um, they kept uh, Seychelles in uh, guests' minds all the time and, uh, uh, you know, kept them on the must-visit list, uh, uh, list uh, after, after the pandemic. So it was very quick and emotional, uh, emotional campaign and public was involved. So I think uh, all of us have to learn from Seychelles. What I also loved, and I have to mention that uh, I simply have to, uh, was the post-COVID marketing conference in July, which they had, and I had the privilege to attend it. And I would like to personally thanks uh, Shireen for, for uh, making this uh, possible to me. So it was very action-oriented conference with a lot of details. So they showed everybody what to do, how to do things, uh, how to involve in Seychelles promotion with a lot of, uh, with an, a lot of details. And, and uh, you know, it was kind of also training session for everybody. So uh, they did the destination marketing in a great manner. And uh, I think they did everything possible. The government did everything possible regarding destination marketing. But I would like to make a slight comment or, or a suggestion, uh, if you don't mind. I think what uh, uh, could be and might be improved is, uh, is uh, hotel marketing. Because Seychelles says government, they did it whatever possible and they did a great job but hotels themselves they do not really uh, they are kind of uh, isolating themselves more than they should be isolated they should kind of uh, continue with the promotion that uh, ministry and Seychelles tourism board uh, already started and doing so i think hotels should have like more proactive approach and maybe it would be a good idea if uh, ministry and uh, sbt provide the hotels with uh, with some kind of marketing training because now uh, you know uh, the, everybody's go everything is going digital digital is less, less expensive uh, more efficient than traditional marketing and even if they don't have marketing budget, it's still okay because there are so many uh, digital marketing channels which can be used and which are completely free of charge. So I think uh, the uh, ministry and SBT should push a bit hotels to promote their, themselves better, to focus on innovations, on guest relations, to maintain brand awareness, their own brand awareness better because, you know, government is doing it for them and they should do that for for government on this on the other side so what i would also like to say and then to to maybe you know, give the word to others 
uh, I would be happy personally to assist as the Honorary Consul of Seychelles. So if you, if you want me to help in any way, please let me know because, uh, sorry, I do, uh, I do offer consultancy services and I'm ready to, uh, to offer free consultancy services to any hotel, one hour consultancy free to, to assist them and maybe to, to help them find their promotional way, which is not that, uh, that complicated as ministry and SBT already did a great job. So I think that's the, that this is the chance for Seychelles to, re to rebrand the destinations, to refresh it and uh, I think there is so much left to be done uh, on the side of hotels uh, and individual businesses. That's all from my side. No, Alexandra, thank you. Thank you very much. And I let Shireen uh, or the minister who wants to uh, <clears throat> say something respond. We have a whole long list now of people who are eager to ask questions. So uh, maybe we keep it a little bit shorter. Um, but um, Shireen, I don't know if you wanted to respond to it or. Uh, uh, yes, actually, I'm, yeah. a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of questions. I don't think I will have time to answer all these questions, <laughs> but I will leave my email behind for anybody who wants to ask me specific question. I'll be happy after the session to also um, link up with them and answer all their questions as well. Um, yes, uh, um, it's true. Um, uh, going to the marketing bit now, um, we've been very, very active uh, during the six weeks that uh, Seychelles was under restricted movement and the whole world was basically um, under lockdown. And the idea was we needed to keep the dream alive. Oh, people cannot travel, but what they can do is dream. And uh, so we've been very active on our all of our social media pages. And um, our staff as well have been very, very active in um, hosting webinar sessions and trainings on the destination, and also to keep everybody updated of what's happening in the destination at the same time. Um, we've actually have a record number of on virtual sessions that we've never, ever done ever in our life, just like probably for all of you. Um, and of course, we are any very soon um, this month, we will be launching the continuation um, of the campaign, which is basically um, coming from Dream Now, Experience Seychelles Later. What we want is now to, to tell people to come and experience Seychelles now. And of course, that we are, um, we've opened up to the, um, uh, we've opened up the destination. And yes, we had uh, we had uh, um, quite a number of sessions in July alone. Uh, we felt it was very important that people know and understand um, what's happening, all the measures um, taking place. Um, um, it was important that it's being timely communicated to everybody to know so that we can receive feedback. Because what we've been doing, there has been a tourism task force of, um, uh, chaired by the, the minister himself. Um, as and when we receive feedback from, from the crowd, from our agents, our uh, two operators, we, we make sure that it's um, these uh, queries, these concerns are feed directly to the task force. And if we need to amend the travel advisory, we do so. If we need to amend the procedure, we do so. It was a very fluid process. Nothing was uh, set in stone. Um, the virtual sessions we've had also was to allow people to also join 
us in, in promoting the destination as well, because uh, we always believe as STD, it's not a job for us alone. Um, we would do a, a better job at this if we can really get everybody on board. So the idea was to let everybody know what's our plans, what we're planning. Of course, we remain mindful always that things are very fluid, nothing is static. Um, a country which is permitted today might be the same country in two or three weeks times will not be permitted because of their situation in the coronavirus situation in their country. So we keep everything very flexible, very fluid. We readapt as and, as and when things evolves, but it's always good to have a plan have a plan and for people to know what's your plan so that they can support you as much as possible along the way. So this is where we, we hosted all these sessions in, in July and allowed uh, members of the public, members of the trade um, to, to join in um, as well to market. And it's been overwhelming the amount of, um, um, the amount of support um, we've received, which we, I am very grateful. Um, for example, on social media alone, we, we've had um, a lot of people helping us with, uh, with uh, promoting the destination in their own way by sharing um, as much content, pictures, videos of uh, pristine Seychelles, um, which has some have really um, gone viral as well. And the idea now is really to use everybody's content in marketing the destination. And, and we as STB, we just facilitate the, this process. Um, and, and I think this is something which, I, I think it's a trend that probably will stay now in our, in our marketing effort as well. I don't know if there's anything that uh, Alexandra would really want me to touch up and oh, the training part I forgot to mention. Yeah. This is, uh, we've been doing it. Um, uh, Sibyl, the chair of SHE also together with the department have been really active even pre-COVID, before COVID in training establishments and STB we've been also very active in digital marketing training and we did quite a series also before COVID period actually our strategy to really try and get everybody to go digital was even before COVID but I think the COVID situation have fast-tracked the process it have just it has just been a catalyst for people to go online but we were already in that process and as of october we will restart again of um, our training as well and we want to go one step down in, in providing tutorials like hands-on tutorials for a lot of establishments owners who know nothing about the online marketing at all they just need to be to be walked through um, that process as well We've also been active in trying to get them online as well. Like for example, on Google My Business, we want all of them to be listed on there and there's a whole other series as well. So the idea is to, to, make, to make sure everybody at, at the end of the day, one way or the other, are visible via various online platforms. Thank you, Shireen. We have five um, more um, of our members uh, eager to ask questions. Let's go to Dr. Julian Zarp. I think Julian, as far as I know, you're in Malta, right? Uh, welcome. Yes, yes I am. Uh, welcome to you. Thank you very much to yourself and to Shireen and to all the participants. Um, it's an ex extremely interesting um, subject today, particularly because we are talking about another small island state like Malta. And I wanted to share some of my thoughts and ideas 
um, with you about tourism. Now, I myself cannot do that. I'm a researcher, I'm a local consultant, so nobody more than me would like to see tourism return um, as soon as possible. But I have some, uh, you know. Uh, Julian, can't you speak a little bit closer no, to the no. microphone? You're, yeah. you're kind of weak here. Can, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I think it's a little bit better. Yes, can thank you. Um, no, I was I was actually saying, you know, I mean, I am today a local tourism planning consultant. So I myself would love as soon as possible, you know, if I, but we need to, to be seeing the difficulties, which would mean perhaps too soon. Um, particularly, I think, you know, we are looking at people wanting to travel at the moment, you know, and we have to see why they're traveling. Is it really for the tourism experience, which we used to about before? Uh, Julian, I'm sorry, you're, you're still quite um, away. You were better before. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? A little bit better. If you can maybe keep it a little bit short because it's hard to hear. But as, as uh, uh, Shireen said, you can always uh, send us a note and we'll make sure it's forwarded as well if you uh, put it on our website. Well, basically, basically, Jürgen, um, I'll try and keep this short. Um, I wanted to say um, a couple of things. I um, believe in I think we lost you now completely, Julian. We cannot hear you. Restoring tourism, tourism. We need together using the integrated. I'm so sorry, Julian, but we really cannot hear you. But I'd be happy to forward anything um, uh, you, you say. No, it's, it's, really, it's really hard. Uh, maybe, maybe the Seychelles got a, a good new uh, internet cable, a fiber optic cable many years ago, and the internet went so much better. Maybe that's something you should invest in Malta. I'm just kidding, but I'm so sorry, Julian. But uh, yeah, please uh, uh, write us or uh, we'd be ha happy and we'll definitely make sure it, it gets forwarded to Shireen. Um, let's go to Dov. Dov is uh, joining us from Israel. And I think he also represents the Seychelles in Israel, don't you, Dov? Yes, no, no, I don't. I, I air Seychelles, no. right? Shireen air was Seychelles. Hi, Shireen, okay. uh, Minister. Hi. Uh, first, great to have you all on 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 the same uh, the same wonderful platform platform. But it's not not the same as being physically at your marvelous place. Uh, I can only use my imagination, but that is. Uh, you know, six months, it's, it's a long time. And basically, Shirin, you know, you have been here, you know how eager the Israelis are to, uh, to pack their suitcase, if possible, this afternoon and travel to Seychelles. And, and they are, they, they, you know, we, we started with the uh, daily flight operation uh, from Seychelles to Tel Aviv, and it was a huge success. It actually became three times, four times a week. Uh, and then the, uh, we had the, uh, the, the COVID. And after uh, the, the first wave, uh, actually, the Seychelles was defined as the first destination, one of the first destinations the Israelis could travel to. It was a big thing on the Israeli TV, 
people booked like crazy. Uh, and then, you know, we, the bad boys, we went up uh, back to the uh, to the first stage and even uh, uh, increased numbers uh, even though the the number of casualties is very low the number of uh, infected patients is high what i would like to suggest here is uh, it, the 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 the, mo the model of picking destination according to the number of infected patients is of course one of the models there are other models as well for example the model of the maldives where basically the testing is done upon arrival and then uh, 24 hours uh, afterwards the, 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 the guests will know what their position is. Uh, basically, I don't understand completely, I'm not a doctor, but I don't completely understand the, the reason, the, 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 the differentiation between countries upon the number of people you have around or infected people you have around. What counts is whether you as a guest are infected or not. Uh, what I, and anyhow, I'm not going to change, and most probably during this meeting, we are not going to change the policy, but I would love to hear uh, from the ministry, minister, from uh, Shireen, what will be, what is more or less our, our point of light that we can uh, uh, transmit to the, Israeli, uh, to the Israelis that are so eager to travel? What is the point? Is that a num an X number that we have to reach in order to have of infected uh, people? What, what is it? When, when can we come back? Thank you so much for giving, your, giving the time and thoughts. Um, let me start. Um, that's a question that we've asked <laughs> the public health authority a number of times because it's the public health that determines um, the health parameters you know as far as visitors are concerned and when we asked them about which country can come and which cannot come um, at the end of the day they told us that it's up to a certain number of infections that happens in the country per day over seven days or 14 days now if for example i know that europe is using um certain countries in in europe is using um for other countries apart from those that belong to the Schengen, um, if you have more than um, 50 cases per 100,000 people, then definitely you are per day, then that means that you, you have a high level of infections. We do not have a parameter yet that we've set. We basically rely on what health, the health department decides. And personally, it's something that I need to get more clarity as far as that is concerned. We've been um, allowing them to lead us as far as possible because we don't want to, to start a war about, you know, allowing everybody in and then jeopardize the whole, um, the work that we've been doing. As far as um, Maldives is concerned, because we've been following what's happening in Maldives, um, we've seen that there's a very high rise in the number of infections. Now, if your country has got uh, a relatively high number of people being infected, then the probability that you will be put also by other countries as unpermitted, as a country that where the citizens are not permitted to enter those countries or even allow their citizens to visit your country is also a big concern. So for us, um, it was important that we test before they come. And this, the first thing also that the health um, authority told us 
is that if you test when the person gets into the country, and let's say for every airline that comes in, let's say you get about 10% or 5% of that number of persons on that flight that are tested positive. Being a very small country with limited um, health capacity services capacities, we will find ourselves very quickly with a very um, uh, high number of positive people in the country that we've imported, which will test the system, which will test the system um, very highly and whether we'll be able to deal with that, that's another question. So that's why for us, it was of paramount importance that the people get tested before they even board the plane. So that if we get, let's say 2% or 1% of the number of visitors that come to the country, that in the end develops um, uh, the disease, then um, it's more manageable for a small country like Seychelles. That was the main reason why we decided to put the 72 um, hours prior to um, boarding test in there so that we do not have the people in the country first and then you do the testing and then you discover that they are positive and then you have to put them in isolation centers and and so on and in the end it becomes more of a burden than um, an economic um, um, asset to the country. Yeah, thank you yes. very much. I'm going to share in. Do you want to add anything to it? Yeah, yes. Um, I, I think what everything what the minister have said is actually very correct. Just to add, because we've also, like the minister, we've asked the Department of Public Health these questions many times in terms of um, how do we decide which countries um, is permitted and which is not. And it's, it's for them, they've always explained that it's. Um, the first one is always the evolution of the, of the inf infection in that current country. So they monitor the evolution of, of if it's uh, on a downward trend or an upward trend, if there's a new surge, um, how it is being spread. Uh, the second one is the likelihood of the, of the traveler getting infected. Um, when we said that, because uh, the tests are, are done 72 hours prior traveling, which means there is a three-day period where um, somebody may potentially uh, get affected, get infected, or if perhaps um, they had got infected even the day before the test, it might not appear, um, you might not detect it on the test because it's too early at the stage of the infection. So um, this is why analyzing the risk level of the country is very important because in a country where the risk is seen as relatively low. The likelihood that the traveler getting infected during that three-day period is lower than perhaps in a country where um, the tendency mm -hmm. tends to be much higher. There's also the reliability of, uh, of data. Um, they use the testing strategy. They check how much tests are being done in that uh, um, country and the ratio of current cases uh, to cases um, uh, the previous month and this month, basically. So that's a little bit what they are using, but of course, um, uh, we don't know the intricate details of what happened when they are discussing about uh, about all those countries. But the, um, Dov, if you do want to, to make an appeal for Israel, you have my email, please. Um, do send me as much data as you have on your side as well that can help us. Uh, um, if, if you believe at this point Israel maybe could be considered on the permitted list, uh, it's always good to ask questions, to send data and, and to receive an answer. Um, 
but we, we really look forward, hopefully, to, to welcome back the Israeli on the islands, um, because we know um, they were very, very eager um, to visit. We saw also through market intelligence data, data that uh, um, actually the Israeli were one of uh, um, one point where there was like one of the most searched um, from the Amadou system on uh, traveling between Tel Aviv to Seychelles. So we know the eagerness was there, but unfortunately, um, um, I think the second wave did really offset our plans, but we hope hopeful that we can we can re take that back at uh, in, in the near future. Yep. Thank you, Shireen. We have uh, four more people raising hands and uh, we're a little bit already over time so we can maybe get through these four and then if there's any emergencies i'm sure we can get to it but let's get real quick to captain great tbs africa where you're from captain great yeah thank you very much uh, captain great is my name from tbs africa and um, i'm actually from nigeria but uh, we operate from nigeria and ghana and um, such a wonderful time to be with uh, Shirley and the minister from Sichos. So uh, very briefly, because of time, I have one comment and one question. And I'll start with the comment first. Uh, Mr. Uh, minister and uh, Sharon, thank you very much for using this opportunity to share with us your vision and your plans for Sichos. Uh, at uh, TBS Africa, actually what we do is uh, promote African tourism destinations strictly for Africans, because we believe that Africa has the potential to visit Africa, especially because of this pandemic, all countries and regions are looking inwards, and uh, we also promote uh, sustainable travel and tourism in Africa. So, um, for some time now, we've been doing series of webinars to you know enlighten Africa more on destinations in Africa. We started with Mauritius, uh, we did Mauritius recently, and we are looking forward to having Seychelles as an African island. And um, I will be doing thank you for dropping your email, Sharon. Be looking forward to an email from me inviting you for you know uh, a, a destination webinar to promote Seychelles. Looking forward to having some of your DMCs and hotels to also come and tell the African market because we serve a larger African market because we are like a support based organization. So I'm so happy to hear from you, Sharon. I've actually attended some of your webinars in the past, great content, great marketing strategy. But now that takes me to my question because I want to be brief. Now, my question is strictly concerning the African market. Sharon, and this question goes to you as the STB CEO. What specific plans do you have to post COVID-19 look into Africa on two levels? Number one, affordability, and number two, connectivity. Because I have a network of travel uh, tour operators and uh, travel agencies in Africa who actually think there is not enough connectivity between Africa and the Seychelles. And then secondly, Seychelles is really not affordable for African travelers. So in your marketing strategy, do you have any plan for Africa? And what are your plans in the area of affordability and connectivity? Thank you very much. Thank you, Captain Great, for your for your intervention and for your question. Um, actually, um, Africa is is one uh, of the markets where we do um, have uh, 
a representative who takes care of it, Mr. David Jeme, who's also in the session with us. And we do activities, even post-COVID, we, we, we do have a strategy and we do activities. Of course, it's not on the same level as Europe, where the bulk of our visitors are, are coming from. And normally our strategy is, is based on a few factors. One, um, we have to, there's a few things we, we need to get right before uh, people can travel from one point to the other. And like you said, it's rightly, uh, it's important you've asked this question about connectivity because before we can promote any market, we need to ensure that uh, there is a convenient uh, um, connection for the for the visitors. Um, they, they don't have to spend two days in travel to get to your destinations because that is a deterrent towards traveling, towards um, the the visit. And uh, I know for most of, our, of the African market, um, uh, most of the African countries, connectivity is still um, a challenge. We have a few cities where it's um, uh, connected um, very well um, through both Addis, uh, um, uh, through Nairobi, or South Africa. We do have quite a few cities, but most actually where you probably will have to stay overnight in transit, which is not convenient. And we've had discussions with our airline partners at several points. Mr. Germain, who's in the session, is perhaps the person you can link up in the future for, for um, these queries. Um, he's tried on his level, I've tried on my level um, to try and, and establish, um, to improve, to have improved connections so that potentially we can tap into those markets. But of course, uh, there's so much you can do um, uh, in terms of to improve. I think this is something which it's a challenge for all of us on the African nation, right? Um, connectivity amongst us uh, on, on the continent. Um, it's, it's a challenge which is bigger than Seychelles, which is bigger than, than all of us at the end of the day. But where um, we do see an opportunity, we do try and, and explore it as much as possible. We've participated in, in quite a number of activities on the continent um, to stimulate um, sales. We, we do joint activities with the airlines as well to point where we know um, it's visible, it's uh, accessible as well. And uh, as we move this post-COVID, where possible again, we will, um, we will explore markets where we see um, the where we see opportunities it's definitely our strategy we we always uh, um, uh, we, we try to keep a diversified portfolio baskets of markets where um, we believe if we can get uh, um, uh, high value uh, clients from uh, small markets it's still um, very important for us in terms of the cost element as you would probably know i always like to explain that seychelles we're um, in my introduction i did mention how isolated we are and uh, by uh, the sheer fact that we are um, um, we are far from everything else um, uh, it, it's not uh, um, uh, it's not cheap to to stay on seychelles given um, we have to import almost everything to the islands and uh, to travel to Seychelles, it's almost a long haul from pretty much everywhere. Um, the closest place you fly under three hours would be probably to Nairobi or to Mauritius, but otherwise everything else is, is somewhere around four hours or more. Um, and this is, is, is it's beyond us. And, uh, but the, it's important for people to know when you're a jewel um, at the end of the day, you have the price, uh, the price for a jewel. If you want to buy diamonds, you have to pay the price for a diamond at the end of the day. And, and 
but what's important here is that we are able to maintain the value for money for when people visit Seychelles. This is a bit more of our preoccupation and more of our focus for people who visit Seychelles at the end of the day. Thank you very much, Shireen, and I can, I can relate to it. Our closest destination is San Francisco, what's a little bit more than five hours away by flight. So you're close to everything. Three hours is nothing. <laughs> but let's go to, <laughs> let's go to Ulrich Bieber. Uh, he has been patiently waiting. Ulrich, welcome. I, I assume you're in Germany or where are you, where are you calling from? Yes, <clears throat> I'm actually based in Munich, Germany. So can you hear me clearly? Yeah, we can see good hören. Okay, excellent. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying this that I'm based in Germany because Germany for many years had been the number one source market for the Seychelles. And of course, we are very keen to get back to this position as soon as possible. Yeah, uh, actually, I'm representing one of the hotels in Prala. That's my background. And that, that's why I'm actually uh, taking part here today. I have only just three uh, direct questions. So I will not explain how nice the islands are. We have heard this already so many times. And uh, the first question actually is in, from the German side. We have actually two hurdles uh, to organize uh, travels uh, to Seychelles. Uh, the two hurdles are one, one thing is a travel warning which is actually uh, spoken out by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And the second one is actually the requested quarantine for travelers coming back from Seychelles because Seychelles here in Germany, unfortunately, after the last COVID cases, very few, uh, has been taken back on the risk area list. Uh, so the question is now to the travel warning actually for all non-European countries, and this includes Seychelles, uh, is going to be lifted by end of this month, 31st of August, if it is not extended. Uh, so my question to the Honorable Minister is, how actually are you putting information forward to the German embassy, to the German officials? Have you invited them to, uh, to see yourself and, and uh, experience the measures that you have already taken in, in the country so that we can all together yeah, um, try and influence the German officials to get you away from the travel warning? That is question number one. Then secondly, uh, for the quarantine request, uh, the quarantine request for travelers coming back from Seychelles is, uh, can be actually skipped if you are showing a negative test. So also on the way back from Seychelles into Germany, the German authorities nowadays request a negative PCR test. So is there any way we can help travelers from Germany or other countries while they are still on holidays in Seychelles that they can do a test somewhere, maybe on Mahé or maybe on Prala? Is there any plans for this? And then question number three, because you mentioned that for those people who are who actually uh, are then tested positively and while they are already in the country in Seychelles, uh, you offer stay safe hotels. So my question is, where are these hotels on which islands? And more, more important, who is actually paying for the stays for these people in these hotels? So this is my three, my three clear questions. Thank you. All right, um, thank you very much. I think these are very valuable questions uh, that you've just asked. Uh, the first one is the warning. Um, yeah, I've been following it very closely and, um, and I'm also aware that the Robert Koch um, Institute has been putting us as a high-risk country, which nobody can understand because in Seychelles, um, 
we've had very few number of infections. The only problem that we had in July or the end of June, 26th of June, um, because we have a number of persons that operate from our waters, um, which belongs to the Spanish and French companies um, that fish tuna in our waters and also the Indian Ocean, we brought in sailors from West Africa for them to go on the ship and a number of them, over 80 of them were tested positive when they got to Seychelles. And in the end that went on our record, although those were not, not in the community of Seychelles, these were simply sailors that were going on to, um, to, the, to the ship for them to go um, fishing. And, um, and that, because it went on a country record, suddenly we had a huge number of people that seems to have been infected in Seychelles, which was not the case. And, uh, and in July, I saw that Robert Koch Institute put Seychelles as a high-risk country, which was not the case because everybody was still walking around in Seychelles and going about their business without any major incident, only that there was this problem with the ship. Uh, the exchange of crew and um, since then we've been uh, we've been following up with the embassy because the German embassy is not in Seychelles it is in uh, Nairobi and we've been writing to them through foreign affairs and personally I've been talking to them about that we've also been following up with the EU embassy that is based in Mauritius we've been writing to them explaining everything and sending information to clarify the situation in Seychelles, that the problem with the crew exchange, this is not a Seychelles thing. It's basically an, an EU um, um, fleet of boats that were exchanging their, their, their sailors. And, um, but still, for some reason, they kept us on the list. So I understand, like you've just said, at the end of the month, they will be reviewing this list and hopefully they will be removing Seychelles from the list. And uh, we will keep on reminding them and make sure that the information is transmitted to them, the latest and the most correct information. We've also asked the uh, Ministry of Health to make sure with WHO that the information that we have is transmitted correctly and that it is um, published correctly and that not people are misinterpreting um, information that they are getting. That the other one, it has to do with the quarantine upon um, return. Um, in Seychelles, yes, we are aware because Emirates is asking also for tests to be done um, before any passenger boards the, um, the plane back to, 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 to wherever they're going to their destination. So we've put into place um, stations for people to do the test on Mahi, Prale, and Ladig should be operational today. So on the three main islands, you can do a test and, um, and within 24 hours, you'll get the results. Um, as far as the Stay Safe Hotel is concerned, we are finalizing um, the, the details. We've done a tender because it's, it's being partly supported by government funds. So um, we've tendered this out and we've received some interest and hopefully in the coming days, maybe next week, 
we will be able to announce where it, it will be. The plan is to have one on Prale and one on Mahe. Prale will cover both Prale and Ladik because the islands are quite close and on Mahe will cover the whole of Mahe. So this is our plans. Thank you, thank you very much, Minister. Uh, we, we have my good friend, uh, Jeffrey Lipman. We already met Jeffrey Stark when I put your better on mute when it was barking. But uh, welcome, uh, Jeffrey. How's everything in Brussels? Hi, Thomas. It's um, absolutely fine here. It's kind of sort of lockdown, but it's pretty good. I know you're short of time, so I will, I'll be relatively brief. Um, and I'll say hi to Sharon. Nice to see you. Um, and, and my questions to the minister is slightly different. Um, they say that when you're up to your ass in alligators, it's very hard to think about draining the swamp. Um, but it's, it's a case that from a strategic viewpoint, COVID-19, which is a terrible hit and a terrible crisis, will be much less severe than the climate crisis when it hits. It's just that we don't see the climate crisis so clearly. COVID-19 is like you get somebody sticks a dagger in your ribs and the climate crisis is like the frog that they boil in water which is slowly heating. So my question is, during this period when you are looking at, at transforming tourism to a, a, a new post-COVID phase, to what extent are you working closely with your environmental and climate colleagues in cabinet to make sure that the tourism that you produce in the new era is what I will call climate-friendly tourism. It is, um, it's uh, low carbon, it's uh, linked to the SDGs, and it's most importantly tied to the Paris 1.5 trajectory. So it's a very clear question to the minister. And, and in final analysis, it's an offer to, as we have done for a long time, work together with our friends in the, in the Seychelles to try to help them uh, do these two things at once. You have to walk and, and chew gum at the same time as Gerald Ford was unable to do. Well, Seychelles has always, I think it's, it's also a great um, question. Um, um, many people who's visited Seychelles know that Seychelles in general is very pro-environment. I mean, sustainability is really at the cornerstone of what we do in this country. And this is why, um, as it has been mentioned before, we don't go for mass tourism. We've always been interested in, in niche tourism, high value, but um, low numbers and also reduce the impact of tourism on the general environment. And if you go on any of our beaches, even during the time pro COVID, most of them are relatively empty. So that has been always uh, been our plan. But also we've been pushing very hard. I used to be the Minister of Environment. So as far as um, climate change is concerned, our contribution to to climate change is, is almost non-existent. We are, in fact, a country that, um, um, I've forgotten exactly the term, the amount of, of carbon we produce in com when you compare to the amount of co carbon that we can sequester 
um, is, is relatively low. And I think the amount that we contribute is 0.0001% to the whole emission to the whole world. So, but we, we've done, we continue to do our part. We have a very clear um, action plan as far as climate change is concerned to reduce our emission. The first one has to do with um, emission from the production of electricity, energy, um, and that has to do with, with cars and transportation and so on. Um, we've been promoting quite a bit um, renewable energy. We have a clear plan pathway for um, scaling up um, renewable energy, reducing energy um, wastage, energy efficiency. Uh, we have a clear plan for that that has been put in place. And we have um, an, an organization that specializes in that kind of thing um, to make sure that everybody is aware of what they should be doing exactly as far as energy is concerned. And then there is also the, the contribution that we make via um, waste because there's methane and all that sort of thing. And to see how best we can manage our waste better so that we do not release um, um, methane and, and also um, gases that contribute to greenhouse um, effect in, in the world. So in general, we are doing our bit and also we've been speaking to the hotels for them to use solar panels, heat water using solar heaters, and also we put into place um, regulations so that we do not import um, electrical appliances that are not um, energy efficient. So we, we try and, and control because we do not produce these things so we can control and make sure that whatever we import, they are energy efficient, especially in the cooling industry. So, but we've not been talking to the others who are working on these things at the moment because COVID has been so overwhelming. We had to get over COVID first before we get to the next step and start talking about climate change. But I fully agree with you that climate change, the impact that it will have on the world will be 10 times worse. But um, a small island like Seychelles, there's so much we can do. Um, our major contribution will be to the discussions that are happening in the conventions, the climate change conventions and other major debate that is happening across the world. We've been um, working very close with our other countries like in the, in the Caribbeans, in the Pacific, even Hawaii and others um, to try and have some sort of a consortium of like-minded countries that pushes the agenda wherever we go. But as, as a small island, no matter what we do, our impact will be very small. We can only play on, um, on being the moral compass of the world. Thank you very much, Minister. And uh, we are now 30 minutes over time. And I just wanted to be fair, uh, Julian raised his hand again. He, I saw him leaving and coming back. So hopefully his microphone is a little bit better. If you can keep it really uh, short, uh, Julian, uh, but go ahead. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Oh, um, you're perfect. You're perfect now. So welcome again to you and to Shereen and to everyone there. Um, just a very, very brief point. I don't want to keep you here. But my, my main uh, point here is that 
Um, much as we're trying to reignite tourism, I think the, we need to look at the experiences that people are looking for today. And I think uh, that we also need to look at why people are traveling. Um, you know, people are traveling really to get away from lockdown. It's not the real reason for why tourism is there. Um, and I think we need to consider very seriously the three R's I, co I consider important for tourism, reflecting, redeveloping and restoring tourism. So we need to use that integrated approach to plan strategy and to start a new chapter. Tourism pre-COVID had its um, problems and I think we need to take this opportunity to reflect on this. So my question here is, what are, and as another uh, small island state, what are the um, Seychelles doing to reignite and to redevelop tourism sustainably through this reflection, redeveloping and restoring tourism and also um, using the integrated approach? Thank you very much, Jürgen. Thank you. I don't know who wanted to I mean, respond to it. Is it I well, just for, to, oh, sorry, Mr. Yeah, yeah, no, please, please. No, um, for us, I think um, the tourism in Seychelles, I think the approach that we've taken from the very beginning has been very um, pro-sustainability and pro-environment um, because this is because we've recognized from the very beginning that the economy of Seychelles depends heavily on the health of the environment, the natural environment, and also on the, on the general um, well-being of the people and also that we need to share the wealth of whatever we get to, with the population. And having a clean environment and healthy environment has been always the cornerstone of what we sell to tourists, that we have, you know, not only the beauty, but that it's clean, it's, it's um, it's well looked after, but also um, the fisheries that we have from there and the marine life and so on is something that you can explore and also um, um, basically enjoy. And um, so for us to start rethinking um, exactly what we do next, I think um, there are certain things that we need to do, but that is mostly got to do with the health aspect. I think we need to step up the, um, the hygiene level, which is something that we've maybe has not been putting as much emphasis as we should. And I think that has COVID has brought into a new dimension together with, um, together with um, the sustainability aspect that Seychelles has been pushing very hard, and, but also to get, um, to get more people to work together and to find solutions as a country as we move forward because in the past um, government has been pushing certain things and businesses maybe has been saying things in a different aspect and i believe this is the time where everybody covid has shown us that we need to sit together around the table and work together and put clear um, clear strategies so that we can make sure as a country we can we can progress and have a tourism that can continue to um, prosper in a sustainable manner and contribute towards the wealth and the well-being of the people of Seychelles. Thank you very much, uh, Minister. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased that the Seychelles 
is, is on board with us uh, with rebuilding.travel. We're here to continue this discussion and we would uh, welcome the Seychelles to play an active role uh, forward. It is such an important discussion and, and specifically um, in, in these times, um, it's good that everyone can communicate. There is Li, uh, Lina Lemon, Lemomo, and I think I overlooked Lina. I think Sibyl wanted to say something. Oh, yes, Sibyl, uh, absolutely. I'm so sorry. You, you're muted, so <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you, Mr. Uh, I, I want to go back to what um, Zab said. I know during the lockdown and everybody uh, and everything, everybody had time to reflect. And when we saw all the, the empty beach and everything, it reminded us of Seychelles 30 years ago. And it made everybody realize that we would like to go back to the old, um, the old uh, tourism where we were giving them local products and everything. And so together with the different hotels and everything, we've been discussing into giving back the, the, the local products. And so it goes back to what you, you've been asking is to go to the, 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 the roots of, of your own country. And I think many destinations have seen that, that were very packed during the summer and that were empty now, like Ibiza, like different, and they want to go back to a, a real respective, uh, respectful tourism. And this is definitely what Seychelles would like, at least the tourism side, would like to go back to. Thank you very much, Bill. If we can just do, one more thing, I see Lina has been actually um, uh, trying to get my attention and uh, he disappeared or, or she disappeared at the end of the screen. So Lina, let us know where you're calling from and you're the very last question. Maybe you can keep it brief, but welcome. Thank you so much, Jorgen. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon and good evening. I'm calling in from Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. I have only one comment and one question. Uh, my comment is the emphasis on the intra-African travel, which has been emphasized, regional travel within Africa by Africans. I think it's a very important initiative. And as Dr. Captain Great mentioned, the different countries traveling to each other definitely must be emphasized. My question is, when clients are quarantined, who is paying for the bills in the hotels? Is it the client or is it the Seychelles tourism or is it the Seychelles government? Thank you. Thank you very much, Lena. Maybe Sorry, I missed that. I mean, um, I think you, somebody also asked that before. Um, the person will continue have to pay the hotel room. Um, in the stay, stay safe hotel, what you will have to do is somebody is asymptomatic, the only thing that the person will have to do is to pay the room that he is using. Just like if you're staying in any hotel and whatever you consume, you will be responsible for paying for it. And if, but if you are symptomatic and you end up in hospital because you have complications, then you need to have the insurance to cover whatever um, treatment that you need to have. But if you, go, if you are asymptomatic, You'll only, the only um, fee that you have to pay is, of course, your hotel room, just like you, if you were staying in any other hotel. Thank, thank you very much. And, and thank you, everyone. I, I wanted to give the minister and Shireen uh, the last word before, before we do this. I, I wanted to already say aloha from this part of the world. Uh, we have another very interesting session coming up for many of you tonight at uh, uh, 
nine at uh, 7 p.m. London time, uh, what would make it uh, 9 p.m. I think in the uh, 10 p.m. in the Seychelles, and uh, it's meant for mostly the North American uh, market where it's daytime. And this session will be about Israel and the Middle East. So anyone who um, wanted to see us again and didn't get enough of us, you're welcome uh, to register. You can do this in just going to rebuilding.travel and click on upcoming events. A copy of this uh, video will be sent to everyone who is registered. Also, we had uh, many people that maybe were not able to call in but were registered. You will get the original video. And anyone who has any questions and uh, to anyone else, uh, just send it to us. We have a form on our website and we make sure we forward it to the right party. And if any one of you is on board who has not become a member of rebuilding.travel, it's free. And we have people in 117 countries, including the Seychelles now on. Just go to rebuilding.travel and click on join. Uh, thank you so much. And I wanted to give the last word, as I said, uh, maybe we start with the minister and then ladies first, in this case, ladies last, <laughs> give her the last bang uh, to Shireen. And of course, we see Bill wants to add uh, something to it. Yes, welcome to do that as well. Minister, thank you so much. Go ahead. All right, I'll, I'll be brief. Thank you. Um, well, thank you, Jürgen, for having us and also putting Seychelles in the spotlight, first of all. I think um, the Seychelles model is a model that can work for other small island states. It's not the only model. Definitely, as you've highlighted, Maldives has got a different model depending on your capacity and the way that you can operate, I think there are different models, but at least we've been able to develop a model that can work for our small country with less than 95,000 people. And, um, and um, I think um, the way we've been able to do it is thanks to the participation of a number of people, but also by sharing information and knowledge and experience with others who definitely find them, themselves in the same situation as, as we do. Now, where we are today is basically um, still an experimental phase. We do not see this as the end of a process. We see it as part of a process. We started in June um, with the um, private jets, as I said, and we've tested the system and it worked well during that time. Now we're testing the second phase using commercial um, airline scheduled flights and uh, with, within the coming weeks and maybe months, the first two months, three months, we will know exactly which works, what works and what doesn't work. And as more information comes out, we will improve on the system. And I think this sort of conversation that we're having needs to continue. Um, this sharing of information and also these debates and, and Zoom sessions need to continue so that people like everybody else across the world can find solutions together so that we can together find this new model of tourism that will work for our relative countries. So I would like to thank everybody for contributing and participating in today's session. Thank you very much, Minister. Shireen. Thank you, uh, Jürgen, for again inviting me to this session. My last few words to everybody. I believe I've been talking so much about COVID-19 and safety. Um, uh, and during this during these times, it's sometimes very easy to forget the real reasons why you want people to, to visit your destinations. We're 
we still uh, uh, remains one of these islands which is very much unprocessed and commercialized and as pristine as uh, as can be and spoiled and we we want people to to come to Seychelles, uh, a safe uh, sanctuary for them to have their holiday and to restore, to get away from the lockdowns, from the confinement in some place where they'll be completely in touch with nature. And uh, um, basically what our tagline is in a completely different other world from probably the guy experience right now. So don't hesitate to contact me for more information. I've shared my um, email address to anybody who wants to write to me directly. I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, there's been so much questions in the chat sessions I've not been able to look at. So perhaps, uh, Jorgen, if you will allow me to have access to these, other people can write directly to me as well. I'd be happy to answer their questions. Thank you again for having us uh, on the session. I'll allow Sibyl to say her last few words now. Thank you very much, Shireen, and, and Sibyl, you, yes. you're the last lady on our show today. <laughs> what I want to say from the private sector, the establishment, tourism establishment, is that we're pushing every single one of them to be as flexible as possible, especially with the cancellation fees and all that, not to charge, so we, we, we understand the situation. But to go back to the ladies asking if somebody is positive but uh, unsymptomatic, the hotel has, most of the establishment have agreed not to charge the clients that needs to go into that hotel so that the client don't have to pay twice their, their stay. So you see as much as possible, we're trying to make things easy for anyone to come in Seychelles and, and have or cannot come in Seychelles. So here we are. Thank you and, so and it's such a wonderful teamwork and, and it's so uh, great to really hear, and honestly, because I can compare it with many other destinations I'm involved in. Seychelles is easy, you all talk to each other, and that's why you are a winning destination. Thank you so much uh, for being part of uh, Rebuilding.Travel tonight or this morning, and we hope um, to see you again very soon. Aloha again from this part of the world. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for attending the Livestream.Travel podcast. We see you again very soon. In the meantime, for any information, updates, and more podcasts to listen to and YouTube videos to watch, go to Livestream.Travel. Livestream.Travel. Aloha and thank you.